cowgirl, a Navy spouse, and now an award-winning author. Welcome to How Mom Made It. I'm Mary Goulet. And I'm Heather Ryder, and this is How Mom Made It as a Writer. Today, we are talking with a cowgirl-turned-nomadic Navy spouse, Julie Tully, and she's writing about her life, culture, and the places where they intersect. Her quirky lifestyle has taken her around the world, from Mary, from rural Northern California to Europe and to Africa. Oh, wow. I know. We've got to get her on the, we've got to get her talking right now and tell us about this incredible life you've been leading. Julie, welcome to the show. Well, Mary and Heather, thank you so much. It's just, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Oh, well, we're honored to have you. So Mary was mentioning at the top of the show that you're an award-winning author. So we do want to get into that. But first of all, let's talk about what led you to writing. I think your the title of your book is called Dispatches from the Cowgirl, correct? Yes, it is. And you won a, yes, it, and you recently won a, a very prestigious award. I did. So my the, the book is my memoir about the years that my family and I lived in Africa. And it just recently won the Independent Book Publishers Association uh, Benjamin Franklin Gold Award for memoir. But that's that's not where my life started out. And as a as any mother can say, we're often masters of reinvention. Oh yeah, we do know that, right? Right, for yeah. sure. Every single day, it almost seems like. But tell us about tell us about the life that led up to that. So I am, I am a cowgirl. That's where I started out. I was born to a ranching family in Northern California and thought that that was, you know, that that was my life. And I was very happy there. And I, I, I worked as an honest to goodness cowgirl. I worked in the beef industry and then I fell in love. I fell in love with a Naval officer and became a nomadic Navy spouse so as as we know, when you move around a lot, sometimes a career doesn't really go with it. And so I walked away from my career in public and re- public relations and marketing at the time to follow my husband around the world. Well, you from and I from on. yeah from chaps to the uniform, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I was also I was also a brand new mom, so I thought this is great. I can spend time raising my child and traveling the world and experiencing that. But as sometimes happens, there was just something still in the back of me that said, I I want to do something more. I need to do something more to be the best version of myself, which I turned back to something that I truly loved, which was a hobby at the time. But I turned back to writing. And so I didn't set out to become a professional writer from the very beginning. But since it's something that I had done my entire life at some level, it's really no surprise that I am where I am now. Well, and you talk about um, walking away from the career and becoming a stay-at-home parent. And I think that a lot of us, and Mary and I did the same thing. And Mary and I have been working together for a very, very long time. And our first book was really about how to, you know, make that transition from being a career woman into being a stay-at-home mom? Because it is a, it's a huge transition, correct? It's a huge leap. It is, it is a huge transition. It's a leap of faith. It is, and unless you actually go through it, unless you're that person, it's hard to imagine what it's, what it's truly like. And for me, there were compounding aspects because not only was was I walking away from my career to do this, 
I was also moving overseas with an infant. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure looking back if I would tell people it was the wisest decision or the wisest way to do it, but it worked for me eventually. You're younger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Actually, that's it. You know, my, my son is now in college. So yes, I was much younger. Young and dumb. That's how we <laughs> yeah, make them. Exactly. That's how we do it. No, we all did that exactly. because we thought, hey, I can do this. This will be easy. And yes. then you realize, n- not to a pun, but there's no rudder. There's no navigating like the open sea yeah. of, oh, what do I do now? What do I do today? Because every day turns into Saturday. You know, you don't go to, exactly. get up on Monday morning and go to work and come home at five and repeat the routine. So and it's hubris because when you're young you you some I mean you're protecting yourself because you're young and you think you can do anything and you truly can if you put your mind to it but it's not always the easiest path. Uh, it's not and I think that also your life is also very unique because it wasn't just about having a, a newborn baby but you were moving like you said away from everything that you knew your life, your career, your family, your friends, your network, and then you're moving across oceans with a baby and a husband, yeah. right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And our, our, our lovely child, who I adore more than anything, cried the entire flight there. So it was a great start. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and you know, here's the other contrast. Your husband had his job, so he was doing yes. a routine. Yes. And he was doing what he knew and what he was trained to do, and it was familiar for him. For me, it was a, it was a completely new experience from the moment we put our feet on the ground. So how many times do you recall moving? <laughs> so we are, we are kind of an interesting um, case study for the military. We, we moved overseas for the first time in 2004 and didn't move back to home to the United States until last summer. So we were overseas for 18 years and we had six moves internationally. Okay, out of curiosity, what was your favorite place to live? Oh my gosh. Um, that's like asking somebody who, what their favorite, which one is your favorite child? No. Which I always joke, you know, for us it's easy because I only have one. Um, <laughs> Quinn. Each, each place, yeah, each place <laughs> is you know, I, I have a deep love of England where we moved first because we, we were, you know, that was our first place overseas as a family. And our son learned how to walk there and he, he learned how to talk there. But at the same time, when we lived in Cameroon in Africa, that felt like home to me. Really? So, but each individual place had things that I say, I loved it. I loved it. Do you know other languages? I can mangle French pretty decently at this point. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I spoke French better when we were actually living in the countries where, where I needed to speak French. Um, since we have moved back stateside, I've kind of been a little bit lazy where that's concerned and let it fall away. <laughs> it's immersion, right? If you don't use it, it, it you truly lose it. Is- yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're around it every day and if it's if it's important for, you know, going grocery shopping or maintaining your life, yes, you learn how to speak the language. 
So let's talk now about making it as a writer and talking about reinventing yourself through writing. How important has writing been to you in your life and what what kind of advice do you have for other moms as well? So becoming a writer, like I said, I didn't set out to become a writer. Uh, my background is in public relations and marketing and communications, which, yes, writing is part of that. But I didn't say, oh, I want to be a writer someday. However, when I left my career and I found myself on my own a lot with our son who, you know, eventually he went away, you know, to school and I had a lot of time during the day, but my husband was still working and I needed something to do. I returned to a hobby first to just kind of write out what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And over time I thought, Oh, well, this is a great way to tell friends and family back home what I'm going through and where I'm at. And it's, you know, might be a part of the world that they're not familiar with or that they'll never be able to see themselves. So when it was, it was a source of, you know, satisfaction and comfort to me at first. Then when we started moving to more exotic places, I found that it was a way to truly communicate with, with our friends and family back home about what we were doing and why we were doing because nobody understands why the Navy is going to move a cowgirl and her family to Africa. Uh, so that it, it slowly became something more over time, and I realized that it, it, just kind of, it just kind of became what I was. Over time, I became a professional writer, eventually turning my stories into a book. And what would I say to people who are sitting out there, other moms who are sitting out there, is that writing can be a source of comfort. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be an author that publishes something. You don't have to be a blogger. It can be a source of comfort, and that is where mine came from. Mine turned into a book. Mine has turned into a career, and I'm very grateful for that. But it doesn't have to be, and it should be pure joy. And for me, every day it's pure joy. So were these writings in the in the beginning, were they just like personal journals or were you doing a travel blog that you shared with your friends and family or were you doing, or were you posting the, where were you posting these writings? So due to the nature of our work, I wanted to keep it as low profile as possible. And I had an old fashioned email, um, for for lack of a better term, a blog, but it was only via email to people who had personally reached out to me and said that they wanted to hear what was going on. And I wrote once a month, I would write a little vignette about something interesting that had happened to us that month. Most of the time, I was the butt of my own joke. Uh, it was me trying to adapt to a culture or doing something wrong, but always with a humorous tone. And And at the same time, showing those who may never get to experience that location or that culture, what it was like. Interesting. And then also were you, you talk about having the faith, having faith in yourself. And this is for the other, for a mom sitting at home, listening to this podcast today, having faith to be something more. What do you mean by that? I, I, let the naysayers and the negative, the negative 
Nellies, for lack of a better term, out there get to me over time. When I had left my career and I realized that I couldn't go back to it after a certain point because my skill set was outdated, I would have had to have really trained up again to go back. And so I listened to the people that said, oh, you're just a mom, which is the worst thing anybody could say because you're never just a mom. And I listened to that and I let it get into my head. But at the same time, I was writing and I thought, you know, this is what I love to do. And then people were saying, you're, these are funny. You're, you're, you're decent at this. You should do this. And I had to turn off all of those negative things that I had heard in the past about being just a mom or not, not being trained professionally to do something. And I had to say, I have faith in myself to become what I want to become. And I had to believe in that. And I had to take that leap of faith. Well, to me, it sounds like you were true to your voice, you were true to who you were, and you let that out on paper. So Yes, and actually, that's the best I've ever heard somebody put it together. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> there you go. Your check's in the mail, dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what yes, makes it, was, it interesting. It was, a, it was a chance for me to write my story, to to write my truth of what was happening, to not have it seen through the lens of my husband, who I adore and he adores me and we, we greatly, you know, respect each other, but other people will view my my value and my life through his lens because we're a military family. And that's, sadly, it's been the way it's done for many years. And so, it, yes, it was absolutely my voice and my authenticity, my authenticity and my truth coming out on paper. And it was important for you to also have your son, Quinn, see your success, yes. correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, in a time, especially raising a, a boy, in a time when it was very common to hear people say, you're you're just a you're just a mom or you're a stay at home mom that's really nice you know and how nice for you that, that, yeah how nice for you and <laughs> tapping you on the head and saying oh that's that's nice that's sweet but you know but i'm a working professional or something like that i wanted my son to see that there was more than one way to do something and that one you should never ever belittle somebody's life choice of what they want to do but also i wanted him to see that I may not be putting, you know, I may not be walking out the door like his father every day or some of his friends' parents, but I became what I wanted to become and I worked for it and I did what I needed to do and I wanted him to see me succeed at my dreams because, one, I want him to respect others, but I also wanted him to see you can do what you want to do. There is no one path to get to where you want to be. And I think also it's important for stay-at-home moms to understand too, because Mary and I have been stay-at-home moms, and and it, like you were saying, you don't belittle someone's choice because every job's important, right? And even exactly. and being a stay-at-home mom is an important job, and and these are life choices that people make, and sometimes there's sacrifices that people make as well. There was a time when they wanted to pit stay-at-home moms and working moms against each other, and. They wanted, you know, to have these mommy wars and stuff. And Mary and I were in po podcasting and doing some media stuff at the time when they were asking us, you know, to 
participate in these mommy wars. And Mary and I just said, no, thanks. We'll take a pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't have Absol- no, any absolutely. interest in that, right? There should not be a war, especially amongst mothers. Yes. We should not be putting ourselves, because we fight so hard just to be treated with respect to begin with. We should not be fighting over what choices we make. And I chose to take a path where I could spend a lot of time with my child and raise him and be the parent I needed to be when my husband wasn't there and pursue my dreams. While I did have people say, you know, why are, why are you taking away from him? Why are you also writing at the same time? Or other people not taking what I did seriously because I wasn't actually going to an office somewhere. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous it's a ridiculous situation, but it does exist. Well, and it's so funny because I remember way back, so Heather and I, we've written books, we would podcast all the time, and we were probably just as busy as someone who went, you know, to an office with a career, and we were also, the kid forgot their homework or, you know, picking them up, taking them to different places. I remember one time, I think it was Portia said, Mom, will you bring me blah, blah, blah to school? I forgot it. And I said, I think we were busy doing something. I said, can you ask dad? And she goes, no, he has an office with phones attached to the wall. He can't do it. <laughs> so <And you> know, <laughs> That's priceless. And it's been happening for eons because I can remember my mom who did all of the bookkeeping and accounting and everything for my family's ranch and ran the business side of it. Mm-hmm. not really truly ever saying, you know, she'd always just say, I'm a mom and not saying, but I also work, you know, full time at the same time because it just wasn't done in that generation. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to, my son to see that this is not acceptable and I can raise my voice and we can be what we want to be. I think we're the first generation of women who had stay-at-home moms that maybe worked a part-time job at the most. Well, and we're also a generation of women who are, like you said, Julie, standing up and stating all the things we do. You know what I mean? Like we're multi-dimensional people. (laughs) And so we're doing a lot of different things all at once. Yes. And I find that a lot of moms who did not have to earn a paycheck truly wanted to find something that they could do that spoke to who they were inside. So, and that's exactly it, because you have, you, whoever you are, there is a passion somewhere inside of you. Yes. And we, we just have to put a voice to that. And I love your tips. You provided us some tips. Um, don't allow others to steal that passion. So I think that is so critical when we're talking to each other and to anyone listening, that it's important that you have your passion and you don't let anyone steal it from you. A hundred percent. Because I did, when I was first beginning to write and, and send it out to people other than just myself, uh, and they would say, oh, that's, that's nice. You're a writer. Oh, that's sweet. You know, kind of pat me on the head. And it could have really taken a dent in, in my dream, and I didn't let it. I didn't let them steal my passion. I thought, darn it, I am a writer. I am absolutely a writer. And, you know, I, I deserve to follow my passion. Well, I think people who follow their passion are truly enthusiastic and supportive of other people who are pursuing theirs. 
Like that's why we've been helping and supporting entrepreneurs for 20 years. Yeah. And exactly. And that's, you, it's kind of like you can find them in a room, you know, you can see that the light in their eyes and the smile on their face. And you're like, you're my tribe. I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know what you believe in, but I can see that you're my tribe. Yeah. And just, we've just got to like bypass the people who are probably just not that fulfilled or happy or haven't found their dream. And so when they see ours, they want to poo poo it because anyone who truly loves what they're doing does not put someone else down even if they don't no, understand it. Right? No, no, you celebrate them. Yes. And you say, that's amazing, or congratulations. And you, you shine a light say, on them. oh, that's nice. Exactly. Well, and the other, you have another tip here. It says, don't be afraid to take a big leap. And I, what really resonated with me on that is, I recently went to the John Legend concert here in San Diego. Oh, yeah. yes. Fabulous concert. But anyway, he was talking about how he went from being John R. Stevens, which is his born name and mm-hmm. um, the name he was born with and he became John Legend and it was before he was actually famous and everybody in the studio that he you know all the young people that he was hanging out with all names that you would know at this point but um they were all unknowns at that time and they kept calling him hey you're the legend because he would be playing music and you're like the legend and <laughs> he said I I decided at that time before anyone knew who I was I decided then I would step into my name oh, I love that so I stepped into that the name a, John Legend. And it's kind of inspiring. like, yeah, it was, it was inspiring. It was almost like one of those goosebump moments, you know? And yes. when you say take that big leap, it's just exactly what he did. He stepped into his name. And sometimes even before you think you're ready, you just take the big leap and you step into it. So I'm Mary oh, Rich. Mary Rich. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Heather Prosperity. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, that's, but it's 100% true. You have to, you know, coming from a public relations and a marketing background, I knew deep down in my core that you, you imagine what you want to become. Mm -hmm. And you have to be, you have to take that leap. You have to, you have to jump and say, if I'm going to be Julie Tully, writer, author, then I am going to be Julie Telly writer author. I'm not going to be, hey, Julie Telly that thinks about writing and stuff because that's not, it, one, it's not going to make me want to do it and it's not going to make anybody out there want to read what I write. Yeah, I love it. I, I wanna, love that. I want to pick up your book. So where do we find it? <laughs> well, my book is currently available uh, most of the places that you would find books. It's online uh, at Amazon. It is on Barnes & Noble. It's on bookshop.org if you would like to support local independent bookstores um it look it up type in my name or type you know type in the title of the book and you will find it well julie thank you so much for being with us cowgirl navy spouse writer author award-winning author julie tully thank you for being with us you're listening to oh it was absolutely my pleasure oh my gosh and we and please keep us in um the loop and let us know when you are writing more books and Keep us updated here at Mom's Town. All right, you're listening to How Mom Made It. Hi there, it's us, Mary and Heather. The lawyers want you to know a few things about this podcast. First, it's for entertainment and education purposes only. And a few things about us. We're not doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, financial advisors, or professional coaches. As Mary likes to say, we're just talkers. 
Always seek the advice of professionals. That's it. Thanks for listening.